Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Bikes and Big Ideas on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. And once again, we are broadcasting this episode from our home here in the Gunnison Valley of Colorado, where more and more bike trails are opening all up and down the valley from Hartman Rocks in Gunnison to Cement Creek around CB South to Happy Hour and Upper Loop and Lupin in Mount Crested Butte. So what you ought to do is listen to today's conversation then come to the Gunnison Valley and you can practice getting slidey in turns, you know, like today's guest does. And speaking of today's guest, Vero Sandler just competed in the first ever real MTB event. So we caught up with this Kiwi with a French name, you know, Véronique, who lives in Wales to talk about the real MTB experience and get her thoughts on being the first and only female in the comp. We also talk about the incredible importance of checking your junk. Yeah, you'll see. We talk about the art of getting slidey in turns, which is, I guess, a new technical term that I think Vero invented in this conversation. We talk about her current big idea and more. This is a super fun conversation with the person that I hope to convince someday to maybe be my mountain bike coach. And so with that, let's get to it. Well, Vero, how are you today and where are you today? I'm very well, thanks. And I am in mid Wales in the United Kingdom. So and that's where I live. And at least for the time being, your brother is here because we just we just stole his earbuds for the sake of this conversation. Yeah. 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 So he's just downstairs doing some stuff. And uh, he had some I don't know. They're not earbuds. They're um. You know, I've got some duct tape on them, but they're still working. <laughs> well, I'm not sure of the brand, but they're doing the trick so far. So fingers crossed for them. <laughs> it's just yet another wonderful application of duct tape. Add that to the list of the many purposes. I don't know why there's duct tape on those, but... I don't know, actually. I mean, they can't be actually, like, split in half. Otherwise, oh, no, I do. Yeah, I see, like, you know, when the outer layer sort of comes off and there's wires sticking out. Oh, we got, that we going got on. But, yeah, naked yeah. wire here. Duct okay. tape, you can never go wrong with that, can you? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, hopefully you don't get electrocuted during this <laughs> during this conversation. That would definitely be a first here on Bikes and oh. Big Ideas. Yeah. I really hope not. That's actually one of my biggest fears in life. So, uh, yeah, let's hope it's not it's not going to happen on this podcast. I Wait a second. In, I live in a super rural area, so there's like ele- electric fences around everywhere, and I'm I'm always on edge. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I got to pause on this for a sec. Being electrocuted is one of your greatest fears in life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's always around me, so I'm always kind of conscious of it. And uh, I'm always, like, just, you know, imagining if I got knocked into this fence, like, what would happen and stuff like that. And I'm never, I'm never keen for it. It seems like sound thinking, right? Like, who wants to be knocked into an electric fence? (laughs) Though I'm I'm pretty sure these things pulse, because I have had this happen. Okay. They like, I think they, most of them pulse. So I don't think like if you hit an electric fence, at least in like a sort of rural neighborhood. Okay. I don't think you're like automatically stuck to it, you know, okay. kind of like, like magnet 
like a magnet to it, I think you'd be all right, actually. Hopefully, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, that's good to know, actually. That's uh, inspired a bit of confidence in me, actually, because uh, <laughs> I should probably educate myself a bit more on them. But I just think of, you know, in the movies when you just see someone like, oh, my gosh, I can't get up. Yeah, so cheers for that. <laughs> I'm so glad that we that we were able to, you know, touch on this, hopefully allay a little bit of your fear. For the record, my biggest fear in life is sharks because I feel like if I'm seeing one, I'm clearly on their home turf and and I'm wrong. It's like you you know, you have walked into my home and they have the right to do yeah. <laughs> you have yes, exactly. It's like home yeah, intruder yeah. stuff. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm wrong. I shouldn't be here. And now I'm going to be eaten. Yeah. That is very, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's so much like, you just see so much gnarly stuff about them. Don't you like jaws and all that kind of stuff. But there are statistics. Like I think you're more, I don't know if it's worldwide, but over here anyway, I've seen statistics that you're more likely to get killed by a cow than a shark. So I don't know if that helps out. <laughs> so the the irony here is I actually have like I my house backs up to ranch land. So I have like a hundred cows like living in my backyard <laughs> and I love them and they're I they're like big giant, you know, grass puppies. Yeah. So it is interesting that if the odds are that I'm more more likely to be killed by a cow, but I'm not afraid of them at all. But I have this thing about yeah. sharks. So it's effectively what you're saying is like, I have a hundred sharks living right, literally yeah, yeah. right behind me. I mean, I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable in your home though. So <laughs> maybe just forget that. <laughs> it's a great lesson though. Life is all about perspective. Definitely. And uh, I think we've learned something here today. Important. Yeah, so. definitely. Definitely a lesson to take, take away with us. Okay. I'm going to have to really suss that out a bit more later. But anyway, what we should be talking about right now is the fact that while I realize, you know, it's not the most recent news for you, but for a lot of us, we've just gotten to watch this incredible series of real MTB videos. Yeah. Including yours. This is pretty sweet. Cheers. <laughs> I am curious, this whole, like, you know, this whole time thing. Does this all feel like man, that happened so long ago, I can barely, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it feels a little bit like ancient history, or does this still feel like fairly fresh to you? Even though it was a little while ago now, like sort of half a year ago, um, it still actually feels really fresh to me because it was such like a, just such a big deal for me. Like it was a, definitely like the the biggest, most pre- prestigious sort of like event or um, I don't know what you'd call it. Just like the biggest, yeah, opportunity I've had in my career. And we worked so hard on it and, and like put everything we had into it that um, it doesn't feel like, you know, it's not just like a little thing that that happens and you just forget about, or you just like kind of forget about it slowly. It just, it still feels like it was super fresh because we put so much into it. And, um, and we did like, I think we started the whole, like the digging and all this, all that stuff leading up to the filming, the writing. We started that in... Uh, September last year um and then all the way through till January um we were working on like various aspects of um filming our part so um it wasn't like the finishing product when we like edited it all together and stuff that wasn't actually that long ago um so yeah it still feels fresh definitely yeah and sorry say a bit more about that like with the the actual editing so you had to submit the the video by 
when? Um, it was the, at the very end of January. I think it was almost like the last the last day in January that we had to submit the whole video um, along with some delivery rules and stuff like that. We we edited it all together about a week before that. Um, so we weren't super pressed for time, but we also hadn't edited it all together and just sat there for like a few months waiting for the for the like date to hand it in. Um, it was like a nice, unstressful, semi-last minute hand in, I guess. Because that was my next question. You know, were you like, and we pulled 10 all-nighters in a row, just refining and refining. But you guys actually were like the responsible kids <laughs> in in school that yeah, were like, yeah. the big term paper is done four days before it's yeah, due. Yeah. The good, okay, yeah, wow. Uh, we're like the, the like goody two-shoes of the class. <laughs> but to be fair, like we, I, I had planned it because I know... Obviously, over here in Wales, the weather gets horrible, especially in January. Um, so we've kind of planned everything around trying to get most of the riding done before that. And then we had a few weeks left over in case, like, some shots didn't work or we had to, like, quickly build something else or film something else. Um, we had that kind of, like, le- a little bit of leeway time before handing it in. Um, so, yeah, we, I, I tried to get most of it filmed before the really horrible kind of end of January period. But yeah, I think like mid-January we'd finish filming. Um and then we just had like a bit of time to edit everything together the way we wanted the way we wanted it to. This has been so cool, just I think for the sport of mountain biking in general. And I think it was Cam Zink. I think he posted something saying that the the series of videos had already been viewed received more views than like you, maybe you know kind of the exact claim, but it was basically like than most of the other real series of stuff, which are all incredible. Yeah. And yeah. it's such a cool thing yeah. that I'm so happy exists in the world. But um, I mean, this, this has been such a such a big deal. I wanted you to kind of take me back. Like, how did that invitation come about? And what was like your initial reaction? Um, it's a bit of a weird one, actually. In I think it must have been September sometime. Um, Clay and Mike, the guys who organized the whole thing, they emailed me um, and it went straight to my junk. Um, and I didn't see it for a couple of days. And then when I, because I don't check my junk that often, I probably should check it a little bit more. But I um, just, I was like, oh, I'll click on my junk, clicked on it. And I saw like an email that had like the subject was something about X games. I was like, oh, it must be spam. Like it's probably just spam email about some you know an ad for some x games video um and then i clicked on it and i I was reading through i was like hang on i don't know if this is actually spam and then i uh i just read it over a bunch of times i was like i'm just gonna reply in case it's not spam because it was quite vague it wasn't like you've been selected or anything like that um it was just like hey we want to speak to you about some x game something to do with x game so i was like just on the off chance that it's a real email, I'm going to reply. <laughs> yeah. And then the guys got back to me and they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll jump on a call and let you know a bit more about it. And just from then on, I was just absolutely mind blown. Like, firstly, I've been such a big fan of the real series for so many years, especially like real moto is absolutely insane. Um, that's been like one of my favorite things to watch every time it comes out. And for myself, especially, but even just like, but even just for the sport of mountain biking, I was just so hyped that, that it was uh, that it was happening and that I'd been selected. I, I couldn't believe it. I still can't really believe it. <laughs> like the whole the whole period of like speaking to those guys up until now, I'm still just like, I can't like, wow, it's insane. So we started, you know, this conversation with a couple lessons. Cows are more dangerous than sharks. 
you maybe don't have to be quite so scared of electric fences. I think you've given us another one. Maybe we ought to all be checking our junk yes. email folder yes. more frequently than we do. Yeah. Now you have me. I'm actually now more afraid of that than yeah. like cows <laughs> because I'm like, well, what? Not not that not that I would find like an invitation to real MTB. Yeah, yeah. You know, no. like oh, I missed it. Exactly. <laughs> that is the lesson here. You might you might miss a once in a lifetime opportunity if you don't check your junk because oh, mine. No. I think mine deletes itself after like a week or ten days. So. Mm-hmm. If I had have missed that chart, like that window to check my junk, maybe I wouldn't have had a real MTB part. So, yeah, check your junk. Check your junk. <laughs> junk folder in your emails. <laughs> check your junk could be, you know, taken a couple different ways yeah, here. I mean, it's, you probably it's probably good to check your junk um, in the other sense as well. <laughs> hey, kids, Vero says. Check your junk. <laughs> Love it. So you literally then, so you get this email, it's a little bit vague. So you decide to reply, but you don't actually find out till you're on the phone. Like, yeah. hey, we want you to do this. Yeah. Um, I had all kinds of ideas in my head, you know, like racing around. Oh my God. Like what, what, like, what are they going to say? Is it going to like, I was expecting there to be like, a men's and a women's category or something like that. But um, when they were like, yeah, we've like, we want you to be part of real MTB and there's five guys have been selected as well as you. I just like, couldn't believe it. <laughs> and then they were like r- rattling off the names of the riders. And I just was like, well, cause they're all like, I- I've-, I've looked up to all of them for so many years and, and yeah, I just absolutely mind blown. So can we talk about that a little bit? I mean, yeah. So it was five guys, one girl. And, you know, you, you've been on record, and, and I think these are such interesting conversations that are becoming more frequent in, I think, kind of all outdoor activities, hopefully just more walks of life. But, you know, on the one hand, we have people, I think, doing really solid work to, like, along the lines of what we might call kind of women empowerment and, like, let's get more women involved in these things. And then... There's, I don't think it's like a opposite side of the spectrum at all, but there's a bit more of a camp of like, hey, let's just talk less or focus less on guys over here, girls over here, and just like, let's just all go ride or yeah. ski or snowboard, right? And I think, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I would kind of put you in that latter camp. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I mean, like, there's definitely some women doing amazing things in terms of like the first thing you mentioned. Um, but for me, like, that's just kind of my, the way I go about it, I guess. Like I, I'd, I'd, I'd rather work in the way of just like doing something or showing something through doing it and like hoping that it it's recognized, if that makes sense. Um, and I, like when I was first, when I was on the phone to Mike and Clay, um, and they were talking about this, I was like, oh, like, oh my God, like, I, what am I, you know, like those guys are such insane riders. Like, how am I going to even what am I going to do basically like in a good way though I was like wow like I just can't believe it and they're like they get like, I think they gave a bunch a list of um riders to the x games panel um and then they picked their six those six riders they wanted to be involved um which which made me feel like just really stoked basically um 
So yeah, I mean, there's, it's going in the right direction. Definitely. Like the women, I think, especially like in, in the last year, especially like women's free ride. I mean, there's been like racing and stuff like that for years, but, um, the women's free ride discipline is growing massively and there's just like more and more support for it every year. There's way more women getting hooked up to be free riders and stuff like that. So it's definitely on the right track. Yeah. For me, like that's, what's kind of got me to where I am riding with, riding with just people you know not trying to distinguish as a men or women i'm riding with or, or anything like that i feel like it's really helped me to progress over the years um and just learning from like male riders females um everyone it, it's just like just as beneficial to you and i think it's really important that we all are kind of a collective riding scene rather than trying to split the two up yeah and it strikes me that it's maybe good that sort of both things exist. I mean, because one, I think everybody, we we all, I hope, share the end goal of like, let's just get more people riding. Yeah. Men, women, however the hell you identify. And so if for some folks, it seems better at some points in time to have, you know, sort of women-only groups or women-only videos or women-only camps or something awesome, fantastic. But I'm just glad both things kind of exist and that there's some people who've really focused on creating experiences and environments like that. And then maybe there's some other folks like you who are just like, who's grabbing your bike? Like, let's go ride. And I, yeah. right. I mean, I think it's kind of great. We have both. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's like from a woman in this, in the industry's perspective is like, if you sit, if you sit back and kind of like you know like taking all the comments and you're like oh man like people really don't woman want women to succeed all that kind of stuff it really it gets you down it doesn't um it doesn't help the situation at all so i think you've just got to get out there and like enjoy yourself and then um hopefully something will come from it and yeah there's loads of that happening like there's even like this year there's so many more events coming up which have been like male only so far and there's like being women are being invited to them and yeah it's just it's definitely becoming more equal which is awesome yeah and, you know, you mentioned just a minute ago that we're seeing more support for like women's free ride. And I just had a couple weeks ago a conversation with Casey Brown and nice. it was so cool. I really was like, poor Casey. I was really kind of forcing her to slow down and really kind of spell out the history for her own history of like, and then there was kind of this bit of this obstacle or this is how I was going back. She talked about with her like handwritten resume, you know, and going to inner bike or whatever. And like, this is what I've done. Anybody want to sponsor me? And she's like, year after year, it was just like, no. Literally the same happened to me. Yeah, huh. yeah. So I'd love to hear you kind of talk a bit about that, because on the one hand, I'm so happy to hear you you know, reiterate what Casey said about we're seeing more support for women's free ride, but I would be interested to hear like your own experience with that and, 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 and trying to get traction in this, in this field. Yeah, for sure. It's the same for me. Like I, I raced for, I raced like downhill for quite a few years and that's what I kind of started out doing. Um, mainly because the, I guess like there wasn't, there wasn't social media, so I couldn't like watch fe like female freeriders sending it and stuff and get inspired. Um, even though that's what I like to do the most from the start, 
I kind of just transi- transitioned into racing because that's what everyone did. But I was never as good a racer as Casey as well. Like I never had as good a results as her or anything like that. So it's crazy to me that she was handing out her CV and no one wanted to hook her up. But for me, it was like, yeah, I, I was doing the same. Like I go to uh, Interbike, a couple of different bike shows around Europe and stuff like that. Or I just like haggle other riders I knew to for contacts so I could like, you know, email them at the end of the season, see if, see if they hook me up. And literally no one ever wanted to hook me up. Um, but because I was friends with quite a lot of riders who were pro, like who were pros and who were sponsored, I saw what they were doing and I was like trying to copy it, you know, like, okay, cool. It's September. It's time to send out CVs. And like, this is how I should write my emails and stuff. But I literally never had any luck. Um, and like, to me, it's fair enough because I didn't have good race results and I wasn't, like I was just trying to be a racer and I wasn't particularly good at it basically. But yeah, the interesting thing for me was when, when I stopped racing because I wasn't enjoying it too much anymore, I just started riding for fun with my mates, trying to learn like new kind of new styles of riding. I like got really into sessioning stuff, which is something I'd never done before when I raced. Cause I was always just trying to ride as fast as I could down the hill to try and like get, be a better racer. Um, and then um, through that, I learned so many more skills on the bike and kind of my riding style, I guess, became much more unique thing because I had the like freedom to kind of like experiment and like figure out what I enjoyed doing the most and stuff like that. Um, and I had no pressure. I didn't have any sponsors. I was just working a normal job and, um, it was just like a fun thing for me to do. Um, and then through that, like when I stopped trying, stopped trying to get sponsors, stopped trying to be a racer, um, that's when I became recognized, I guess. So it kind of, it was kind of like worked in reverse for me. Like stop trying and things will fall into place. I'm not saying that will happen for everyone, but um, yeah, that's how it happened for me. Yeah. And I guess since we're turning this into a conversation about what lessons can we, what life lessons can we learn? <laughs> I mean, you just said like, ironically, right? I kind of stopped trying and then it fell into place. But what kind of advice would you give today for people coming up? Is it, would you just be like, well, find the discipline in mountain biking that you enjoy most try to get really good at that but then it's just a total crapshoot who knows or or do you think like have you seen something where you're like this is how i would recommend trying to go about this these days um like through my own personal experience i would say like don't because i got i get a lot of messages of people asking like how do I get sponsored? How to become a pro rider and stuff like that. And I think that's like in itself, that's kind of like starting off on the wrong foot. Like if you, if you just ride with your mates or on your own, or like just find what what you really enjoy and what gives you the most, like, you know, what's the most fun for you and just do that all the time, ride all the time as much as you can and like develop your skills, just have a really fun time. The cool thing in this day and age, I feel like, you can be any rider you want to be and there will probably be a potential for you to like take it further with things like social media and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's awesome for that. So like what I, what I personally did was I, I just documented me myself having fun, you know, like learning little tricks, like hitting some turns, sessioning stuff. And like, if you're genuinely having a good time and you really love it, then you'll progress really fast and it will come across, um, to other people. And that's like, how you get hooked up, I think, if you're really genuinely into it and, and um, committed to it and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think just go out and enjoy yourself, figure out what kind of riding you really like to do and just just keep at it, keep enjoying it and uh, and 
yeah, it will work out. So I want to go back to this phone conversation when you've got this invite to Real MTB and you are like, okay, well, so what am I going to do here? This is a little bit, I feel like the question of like, it's like, well, what's your best one or two dance moves? Like if you're going to a wedding, you know, and it's like, all right, got to get out there on the dance room floor. What am I going with here? Right? Like what, what's my kind of strong suit? I mean, we can all watch the video and I sure hope everybody has seen it by now. And if you can't, we'll have a link to the show notes, you know, to this episode. But how did you start to think about it? Maybe this is a weird way of asking the question of like, all right, here's a little bit of, if not my superpower, whatever you, you pick. Do you want to talk about this in terms of superpowers or dance moves? <laughs> uh, dance moves for sure. I quite like dancing. So, you know, I, I can relate. <laughs> but I'd say like, Obviously, I was absolutely, like I've said a million times, I was mind blown um, after the call. And I, I, I just sat there for a minute. And throughout the process, actually, I kept kind of slipping into the whole, oh my gosh, like every now and then, you know, if something wasn't working, I'll be like, oh, what am I going to do? You know, those guys are so much, they're so insane. Like, how am I even going to compare to them? But um, every time those thoughts like crept into my head, I just, I just was, mate, what I wanted to do from the start basically was just, make a video that was like my best writing and my best digging. Cause those are two things that are really important to me and that I absolutely love doing and which I had like creative freedom to do for this video for the pretty much the first time in my career, which is awesome. And then to hopefully come out with a video that made people stoked to ride their bikes. That was like my main goal. And you know, like if you do your best, if you ride your best, dig your best, um, there's not much more you can do really. So, but I, I did struggle a little bit through like throughout <clears throat> the process. Obviously it was winter in Wales, which, um, isn't always great weather. So for me to show my best riding, I, 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 I found that in a lot of, in a lot of shots, I could have like, my riding could have looked a lot better if it was drier, <laughs> even though like you, you won't, you wouldn't notice in the video that it's particularly wet, but you know, we were like spending hours through like digging huge holes trying to find dry dirt way down there and like throwing it on top of stuff for shots and stuff like that. So, and a lot of the, I kind of set a lot of, um, dance moves if you like for myself, um, in the video, which didn't end up working out because on the, you know, the features, the run-ins weren't working because it was too wet or too slippery and all, and like my, the tricks I really wanted to do, I wasn't able to because of all sorts of things like that. So quite a few of my best like dance moves or, or tr tricks and moves in the video were like actually backups for what I really wanted to do. <laughs> um, which like, I, I just, I do like to set the bar pretty high for myself. So, um, I'm not like mad about it. I'm still super stoked with the stuff with, with the video I made. Um, but yeah, there were definitely things. I think everyone probably had things that they wanted, they wanted to do for their videos that didn't end up working out for whatever reason. Um, but it's, a, it's even more hype really to, to try and do it again for a different video. So all in all, I'm like super stoked on my video and, and it is the best that I could have done at that time of year. And like in that time frame and everything like that. So yeah, super stoked. This is a common reaction. I think of people who are trying to operate at a high level, whether it's writing, whether it's writing, like anything that you initially kind of only see like, oh, that could have been a little bit better or man, if it just wasn't so wet or, you know, like we nitpick to death sometimes our own stuff. And it's only with distance 
that we can kind of come back and really appreciate. But it sounds like you're in a really healthy place. One, you're stoked on it. And two, what I'm stoked on is it's like, you haven't, we haven't seen all your dance moves yet. <laughs> so yeah, like who knows, maybe say next year. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, yeah. I'd definitely like to bust out a few more moves. Um, yeah, for, for another video, but yeah, it's, it's just like even more exciting to, to try and get it done another time. And yeah, but I'm super stoked. I really just wanted to showcase like the fun of mountain biking and like a couple of different aspects of it, you know, not just like, cause obviously if I went to try and do huge tricks, I would have just got smoked by like seven arc. <laughs> so I just wanted to showcase like the fun, the fun part of riding and like everything that I enjoy the most about it. Like doing tricks, hitting jumps, hitting turns, getting like slidey and turns, all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm super stoked. And like looking back on it, um, it was such an amazing time. And like I said before, like the first proper opportunity to, that I've had to kind of like have correct creative freedom and direct my own project, which is absolutely awesome. I love that you just said getting slidey in turns <laughs> because I wanted to ask you about this. This was my number one takeaway from your video. It was like, I need to hire you as my coach. <laughs> and I didn't know exactly what we call this because it doesn't seem right to simply call this cornering. So I don't know <laughs> if the proper technical term is getting slidey in terms. I don't know. I kind of just made that up on the spot. <laughs> Okay. But, so really, we don't. What do we call this? I don't know. Really, like I guess that's the best. I'm like, yeah, that's the best description I've probably ever come up with. <laughs> I just, yeah, like having the feeling of like coming into a turn and just sliding and then hitting it and then doing that and the next one is, just, is amazing. I love it. It's probably my favorite thing ever. Well, yeah, and I mean, I'm glad you say that because that that was probably my like biggest takeaway from your video. I'm not joking. I was like, I literally need to like come out to Wales, just pay you <laughs> to, you know, spend some time with me and be like, all right, this is how you do this. And I mean, it's getting slidey in turns at remarkable speeds with a lot of control that frankly, that's like that's just going to make riding any trail you're simply going to be a better rider if like if I could do what you're doing even 10% of what you're doing <laughs> like that would help me out and just make riding better so give me a minute or two on this like is there a place to start in terms of a tip or trick here i think like it's it's kind of not that no one no one else does it but it's it seems to be like quite a specific sort of style to the uk you'll see like everyone around here doing like all the kids absolutely love it because we don't have like huge mountains or anything. It's kind of, we build, um, little sections of trail, which normally have like a jump or two, but like a lot of turns and we'll just set them over and over and over and kind of find like our own, our favorite way to hit them, I guess. Cause there's so many ways you can hit a turn. Um, and that's, yeah, that's kind of like my favorite way to do it. I guess, I don't know, like my main, my main tip would be if you really want to do it is, to like really drop your shoulder when you're in the turn, like your inside shoulder. So um, that just helps you like lean over more and potentially getting a bit more slide on. But don't start, like don't go in too hard and like try hit the ground with your shoulder first time. I mean, like, yeah, take it step by step and and you'll start like getting the feeling, feeling for it. And then um, it can be pretty controlled as well, which is cool. But like it feels loose, but also in control, if that makes sense. Well, when I watch your video, it makes sense. 
But when I try to imagine myself doing it, that's when it starts to... So, okay, we'll, we'll get off this in a sec, but how do you think about it in terms of... Because one of the things I was wondering about is like, how much of it is waiting or unwaiting, say, your rear wheel? Like, I could see, like, you when you're dropping the inside shoulder, do I want to be waiting the front wheel more? Or are you staying kind of balanced? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely, yeah, I know what you mean. And, and I don't really, when I do it, I don't think too much about um, the wheels. I kind of, I try and do, try and stay quite central because if it does go wrong, it can buck you over the front um, pretty hard. But so I'd say like, if you keep your weight central and when like kind of around the same time you're dropping your shoulder, you like push, push down with your legs. So that sort of, I don't know if it puts more weight over the rear wheel, but it pushes like your bike into the turn or like pushes your bike out a little bit more, um, which allows that kind of like drifty motion. Um, but I definitely, yeah, I definitely suggest trying to stay quite central on the bike. Okay. By the way, I love that too, where when your point about in the UK, it seems like this is the thing. And I mean, that's such a cool thing about mountain biking that maybe mountain biking has this over perhaps some sports like skiing and snowboarding to, to a little extent, at least where just switch up the riding style, figure it out. How do you make that particular terrain or this particular terrain as interesting and as fun as possible? I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. It's such like a, there's so much potential for all kinds of things to come out of that, which is cool. That's so like, I absolutely love watching, um, you know, like Canadian or American free ride films or videos where they're just, you know, the big mountain free ride. It's so iconic over there. Just absolutely sending off some huge mountains, but yeah, it's different over here. Like the, the couple of biggish mountains, which are probably a joke to you, but the, the biggish mountains we've got, they're, normally like protected on the national park so you can't just go hike up there and like scree down um because we get a big telling off so it's more like we, we stick to the smaller ones and and like adapt to it i guess have our own little style which is cool it's i love seeing like all the different styles across the world it's it's really cool okay you said you know riding bikes and digging two of your favorite things let's talk about digging i mean i like when i think back i've been digging ever since i started riding i've also been digging like we used to when i lived back in new zealand where i grew up we had like a tiny bit of land uh, like a little bit of wood and me and my brother would go out and build like the worst trail you've ever seen um and over the years it's kind of progressed and and the more when once i moved to the uk the more i've kind of worked with experienced trail builders or not even experienced ones you know just like the local crew who really likes to dig um I've just, it's just like built the hype up for me so much having like being out in the woods, um, with a bunch of mates or just on your own, even is, is amazing. And just like, enjoy it. kind of the process of scouting something like an area, um, building the feature, then like testing it, seeing if it works, maybe like changing a few things about it and then perfecting it and then hitting it and filming it or riding it with, the, with a group of mates is just like the most rewarding thing ever. So I absolutely love it. It's definitely hard work, but, um, I love, I do. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Like I said, like I've worked with quite a few amazing trail builders who I kind of just watch what they're doing and try and gain some visual tips for, for my own digging, um, which has helped me kind of progress and I've still got a long way to go, but I absolutely love it. 
So give me a couple specific points. Like what are some of the, say, key things you think you've learned having, you know, had the chance to work with some really experienced trail builders? Yeah, like I think the main the main thing over the last few years that I've learned is is how to shape jumps properly, which is it takes a long time to learn. And I'm still definitely learning as well. But um like building a lip that's not gonna kill you <laughs> and also that's not gonna fall that's not gonna fall down like overnight um is a crazy crazy skill and it's so cool to to kind of finally be learning how to do it. I think like for what I've learned as well is like the tool the shovel you have is is key as well. Like if you have a good shovel for slapping, it makes a huge difference. And it can kind of hugely accelerate your um the process of of like building the jump or the lip or whatever you're doing. I love this. I'm learning how to make a lip that won't kill you. That seems like a super, <laughs> super important tip yeah. to learn. <laughs> yeah, they, you can, they can be pretty sketchy sometimes. So yeah, it's a good skill to have. What I was curious whether you were going to say like if it was more about a vision or seeing things in a different way in terms of like what's possible. Like you mentioned like the right shovel really helps getting that the forming the lip just the right way. That's not a that's not a vision thing. That's a really concrete nuts and bolts type of thing, I would say. Yeah. But there's a lot of there is a lot of creativity to it as well, I guess like just finding a place to dig, um, like picking of the spot that you want and then coming up with a feature that you like or like the digging building a berm in a certain way, stuff like that. There's so much to it. Yeah, and it's really cool to see like what people come up with. Let's talk about some 2021 plans. Let's see. You recently signed with Santa Cruz. That's a thing. Yeah, that's amazing. That's like my uh, childhood dream come true. <laughs> well, congrats. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Super stoked. Which models are you currently riding most or what do you have your eye on the most? At the moment, I have a V10. Um, so the downhill bike, which is absolutely insane, which I rode most of my X Games video on. And then I have the 5010, which again is such a good little playful trail bike. I absolutely love it. And I'm getting a Jekyll, like the, the hardtail jump bike. I'm, I'm getting one of those sorted at the moment. So super stoked. It's perfect timing with summer coming around and all the trails drying up. So I'm I'm really excited to get on that. And I have another one that I've been testing at the moment, which is amazing which will come out in the near future uh -huh. which is probably the best i have ever ridden but yeah you'll yeah it's gonna be stay yeah, tuned the best. <laughs> yeah um and i'm well i've got my sights on is an e-bike because uh i actually love e-bikes and and everyone around here rides them like my whole crew has them so it'll be amazing to jump on one of those one day the santa cruz e-bikes look absolutely insane so um excited for that have you spent much time on an e-bike? Like how many rides do you have on one? I have never been on one. They're amazing. I've, when I rode for Marin last year, right at the end of the year, they came out with an e-bike. So I had like a month or two on that, which is amazing. Um, and then I've had various goes on, on other people's ones, which I've just, yeah, I've never not, I've never been ridden one that I've not been a fan of. They're just so good. I think it's so cool that you can, um, go out and smash a load of laps that you normally would absolutely die doing like two laps of. Um, and yeah, just 
sick all round, I reckon. People have their opinions about them, but I'm definitely an advocate for e-bikes. What else is on your plate for 2021? Are we still in a period where we're kind of, you know, we're still kind of seeing how the world shapes up? Or is your calendar starting to actually get, you know, pretty well laid into place? Um, So I kind of, at the start of the year, I kind of planned, or most of the things I had planned for the year, I planned them around the UK because we're still technically kind of in lockdown and we up until like a few weeks ago we we're in full lockdown so you know just in case things were the same as last year I thought I'd plan everything locally just so I can like still do my job and stuff like that um in case it all turns to shit like it did last year um but then in the last couple of weeks there's been quite a few or there have been quite a few people getting in touch about events that are going to happen around Europe and um there, there's formation which is happening in the US which I'm pretty sure I'm not going to make it to because of the travel restrictions, um, which is still in place, but, um, we'll see about that. But yeah, there seems to be a lot more happening this year, which is awesome. So hopefully I'll be able to get overseas for a couple of different things. None of them are set in stone yet, but I'm kind of, um, leaving the book open in case they do go down. Cause it'll be awesome. I'd, I love going to Europe and, and doing events over there. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, I've got a lot of, a lot of projects and like videos and stuff planned around home too. So, which I absolutely love. So, um, should be a good year, hopefully. You know, backing up for just a sec, I'd love to ask you about formation. You mentioned it. I God, I hope you can make it. I hope that works out, but I'm curious to just hear your take on it. It seems like this is a pretty cool development, but but how are you seeing it or viewing it? Yeah, Formation's an amazing event, and um, it's just it's really cool to see it still going ahead this year. Which um, you know, obviously, a lot of events aren't able to go ahead, so I think they've worked really hard behind the scenes to try and make it happen. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, like the travel situation between the UK and the US is a bit shady, so I'm I'm pretty gutted that. I, probably can't go but in terms of the event it's so sick and it's so cool to see like women from all over the world get together and kind of encourage each other to do or to ride a terrain that most of us would never get to ride otherwise there's a couple locals i think that are from utah going this year which would be really cool because they'll have the experience and tips for like everyone else who's turning up but it's it's definitely like a huge stepping stone um for women in free ride and it's going to be hopefully it's going to be really sick i think I'm, I'm really interested to see kind of what um path it goes down like if it will turn into more of a contest if it will remain a session sort of event in the future yeah i mean it could go either way and and, and be an amazing event um for me per, like personally for me if it was my ideal event it would it would stay like a session format um for a little while because i think women's free ride is still like quite a new thing and the more of an encouraging atmosphere that it can be um, is the better for the riders who are there. And also for the women, like looking in from the outside um, thinking like, Oh, it'd be so sick to be involved with something like that in the future. You know, it's like super encouraging and like, we're all like hyping each other up, all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, but either way it's going to be really sick. So I'm hyped to see what they do in the future and big up to all the people who've, who are behind it organizing it. Yeah. I mean, the, I guess by definition, if it stays more session style, then that that's the whole point of a, of sessioning, right? Is it really encourages a lot of trying things and experimenting. Whereas the minute it goes to 
contest results now that it seems by, and you can correct me if you disagree, but it seems like that starts being like, all right, let's dial down the experimentation because we just need to land stuff. Yeah, exactly. And everyone's out for themselves and like, yeah, the, the encouraging atmosphere will probably diminish, diminish a little bit, but it might not, who knows? But yeah, I think like remaining a session format, like it was the first year when I went, was absolutely amazing. And we seek to, to continue that for at least a little while, um, you know, until the scene grows a little bit more, but yeah, either way, whatever they're doing, they're doing a sick job. So it's awesome. All right. It's time for the last question. As we like to do here on Bikes and Big Ideas, you know, we like to ask people before we let them go, Vero, what's your big idea these days? Ooh. (laughs) I mean, I've got loads of random ideas that you probably don't want to hear. I want to hear all of them. One of my, like... (laughs) I could be here for hours. But one of my massive, like, something that I'm really into and really passionate about is... um, vintage or like recycled clothing i try to like i wear it all the time and i absolutely love you know like vintage adidas all that kind of stuff and i think it's really important um kind of in this day and age that fast fashion becomes like less of a thing so i'd like to see more people out on their bikes repping vintage stuff or like or just in general like in general life because it's like one your clothes are way more unique and like you stand out way more in a good way um you know if everyone doesn't have like the same um top do you have top shop over there top shop h&m oh h&m is a thing i don't think i've ever been in one yeah yeah but yeah it exists yeah so like i'm so it's like an h&m type shop you know like everyone will kind of be wearing the same stuff so if everyone wears like recycled vintage clothing um everyone will have so much steez and then also be helping the environment so my big idea is that everyone reps vintage clothing. Oh, I like this. <laughs> Obviously not all the time. Like it's it's hard to it's hard to just drop everything and just rep vintage, but um I just love the look of it and that we sick to see more people out shredding and that kind of stuff as well. I think like also f- through my experience um of wearing all kinds of different riding kit, um, a lot of it isn't even any better for riding than like your normal clothing. So, you know, I don't know. I like this. That's my, that's my, is that even an idea? I, I don't think know. it is. I think it is. You, <laughs> what you got me thinking about is I want to go find like kind of the disco era, you know, like polyester shirt yeah, with the exactly. big collar, you know, yes. and uh, just, just yes. be rocking that on the trail. Yeah. Basically it's like, it's like a Macklemore video meets mountain biking. Yeah. <laughs> this, is a, this is a good aesthetic, I think. If we could have everyone in, out, in like rave outfits um, or like 80s disco outfits riding the trails, imagine how sick it would look. <laughs> I like this. this. This could be the start of a new movement, I think. So yeah, I think this very much, this very much counts Please. as a big idea. Vero's, Vero's, vintage, Vero's vintage mountain bike aesthetic. <laughs> I don't know. Love it. Love hey, it. this has been really fun. First of all, congratulations on putting together a just a really cool segment for Real MTB. And I'm just so enjoyed hearing sort of the backstory there and and how that came about. I'm so happy you checked your your junk email folder. That's the biggest lesson you've ta- taught me, but you've also you've increased my anxiety level a little bit now. So I'm going to have to I'm going to have to <laughs> balance this out, but um 
such a cool story, such a cool thing you did. Yeah, we're uh, just looking forward to more and more. And I'm I'm gonna just personally be crossing all my fingers that that you somehow are able to make it to formation this year. Thank you. Yeah, we'll see what we can do. But um, yeah, it's unlikely, but but fingers crossed. If not, then hopefully next year. I'd absolutely love to go again. So yeah, we'll see. Excellent. Hey, thanks so much. Good luck with everything you got going on and uh, hope to uh, talk again sometime and get your next round of big ideas. Nice, definitely. I'll think about them a bit more next time. <laughs> thanks for having me and uh, yeah, good time. Excellent. Hey, we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. See you in a bit. Well, that's it for this edition of Bikes and Big Ideas. Thanks so much to Vero for the conversation. Thanks to Taylor Ahern for producing this episode. And thanks to you for listening. From all of us here in Gunnison and Crested Butte, Colorado, please take good care of yourself and everybody else. And we will talk to you again real soon.